Well, good evening, everyone. The Lord is risen. There we go. Nice. Well, welcome to the great Easter Vigil. This is, in fact, the highest holy feast of the Christian calendar. Tonight, we celebrate, or really, we revel in the bodily resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we recognize as well that He is the King of kings, and He is the Lord of lords. And it's important tonight to recognize and affirm both of those things. Jesus is risen, and He is the King. Because you see, it is one thing to say that Jesus was resurrected. That's purely descriptive, and it's absolutely essential to affirm. But what we also have to answer is what it means. What does it mean that Jesus was dead, and now He's alive? And why does it matter? And I'll tell you up front what I want for you tonight. I want for you to not merely have your belief in Christ's bodily resurrection affirmed. That's true. Thousands of millions of Christians have believed it. But what I really want for you is to love the resurrected Christ. Because none of the events that happened under Pontius Pilate happened by accident. So quickly, here's what happens. All of the gospel accounts describe the way Mary Magdalene and other female followers of Jesus went to Jesus' tomb, and they discover that it's empty. Then they encounter an angel at the tomb who tells them that he is not there, but is risen. And so Mary Magdalene then tells Peter and John, and, and then they go on to encounter Jesus in person. Then this core group gathers the others, And in a variety of contexts, Jesus eventually appears to all of them. And for the next 40 days, Jesus meets various followers, and when he does, he essentially affirms two things. One, that he has in fact risen from the dead. He shows them his wounds and his hands. He eats with them. He lets them touch him and hold him. All to prove his bodily resurrection is true. It's not a resuscitation, not an apparition but the real thing, his real body. Second, he tells them that he is a king, not just the king of the Jews, which is what the Romans and the Jews did not want. He declares that he is the king of all things. And so in Matthew 28, he says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And as the disciples begin to understand what that means suddenly everything comes to make sense. They think back on all the things that he's told them. He told them that he must be lifted up and raised on the third day. He tells them that he must suffer. And he tells them that he must go to the Father. But it's more than that even. What they realize is that Jesus uses these Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, to declare that they all point to him. And you need to pause for a moment just to think about that. Because what he says is that various biblical authors were writing about one thing within a particular historical context, but really their circumstances and even their own words were actually about something else. You see what I mean there? Jesus says that those historical events and those words were actually about him. 
So the blood of the Passover, it's about him. The snake lifted up in the wilderness in Exodus, it's about him. The events of the prophet Jonah, it's about him. And that's what he says. That's what Jesus says. And that's why we slogged through all of those Old Testament readings, because they are all about him in this one event tonight. Now do you begin to see what he means? He means that all of Scripture, it propels us. It is this propulsive movement that gathers speed and ends up in this very moment. All of the details reflect in some way what we rehearse tonight. So Sarah is barren and God gives her a son. Isaac is to be sacrificed, but he's saved. Jacob is basically dead by the river Jabbok and he's given a new name. Joseph is made a slave by his brothers and then a king. Israel is debased by the Babylonians and then given a future. Judah is plundered and then produces the Messiah. And so Jesus, now put to death, comes out of a grave. Do you see what I mean here? All of the scriptures point to this resurrected one. And now, so I ask you, what do you think that says about Jesus Christ? That all of those actual events within history point to him. Do you see what that would mean? It would mean that God bends the details of history to this one moment in such a way that they should have expected it. And so when Jesus turns to his disciples and he says things like, the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone believes may have eternal life, it means that he is actually in on all of it. Jesus knows about all of it. It means that all of history bends to the purposes of Jesus Christ, this one Jewish teacher. And that is a bold claim. And what it shows is that when Jesus comes out of the tomb, it shows us that it's not some divine magic trick. It's not just a charade. It means that Jesus' resurrection is nothing less than a display of absolute sovereignty. Absolute sovereignty. Because he intended it all from the very beginning, from Genesis on and the whole way through. He intended to go to Jerusalem. He intended to die on the cross. He intended with the Father and the Son to come back to life. And so tonight, while we, while we have seen that on Good Friday, God can die, tonight Easter shows us that Christ cannot be ruled by death. And that is why Paul writes in Ephesians 1 that when Christ is raised, he is, quote, placed above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. So you see tonight, Jesus is the king. He is so much the king, in fact, that death dies under his own will which is just what Chrysostom said, the great saint hundreds of years ago, death took a body and found God Almighty. 
And so tonight we celebrate the king who conquers Satan and death and all the powers of the enemy. But let us not forget this additional detail, that he does it all for you and for me, for us. He does it for us. Do you remember the last prayer that our Lord prays before he is taken off, betrayed into the hands of sinners? He prays this on behalf of his followers. It's from John 17. The glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me. So you see, for followers of Jesus Christ, those who are baptized into his name, the resurrection means that we are actually carried into the very heart of the Father's love. Again, the resurrection is no magic trick. It is nothing short of the great exodus through the waters of death into the perfect love of the Father. Just to close, I'd like to end with a a, a poem. E. Cummings is a famous modern poet and not a Christian in any way, wrote a poem that was not not all that well received from critics, but it expresses a key insight about love. Listen to this. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I'm never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true. And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant, and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root, and the bud of the bud, and the sky of the sky of a tree-crawled life, which grows higher than any soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. You see, what Cummings realizes is that whenever a human being loves someone, they carry that person around in them, sometimes permanently in their, in their mind or in their memory, in their heart. They carry them. They cannot choose. But what we know is that when God loves someone, because of the resurrection, Christ carries our souls and our bodies to the Father forever. Not a memory, not an idea, our souls and our bodies to the Father. And so this Easter night, remember that Christ rose from the dead, yes, But do not miss the way he is also a king, a king who wins you over and carries you into the heart of God the Father. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen, alleluia.